Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Be Diverse podcast. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all friends, family, and co-workers, and loved ones who have supported me through this journey. So, I think... So I think when we are all aware, I think we are all aware that when an organization is successful, we must promote mutual trust between all your team members. But we all know that this is easier said than done. Trust is required for both in-person teams and remote workers. Without trust, employees are likely, likely to become unmotivated and unproductive. So today we're going to talk we're going to talk and take a deep dive into why trust in a workplace matters. Now, I've been talking to this lady for quite a bit in the last few months. So when she said yes to come on today, I was thrilled to say the least. I'm sure this will not be the first and last time she'll hear about this topic. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest for today, Lindsay LaPaquette. Now, Lindsay is the founder of Collaborative Solutions she has experience as a speech-language pathologist and is a workplace communication expert. She works with middle managers who would want to communicate authentically so they can effectively lead others without losing themselves. Lindsay worked with clients such as the Cree Nation Government, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, QuickBooks, and WB Canada, drawing on her expertise in emotional regulation, collaborative problem solving, mindfulness, cultural proficiency, nonviolent communication to creating trust and respect workplace environments. And I don't want to forget to mention a hardworking and super awesome lady. I must also admit, I am a super fan of hers. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Well, thank you, Andrew, and I, I appreciate the flattery. <laughs> oh, you're very, very welcome. Um, it's like I said, when uh, I spoke to you uh, a few times and then we agreed to come on, I was, I, was, I was thrilled the first time we spoke on the phone, and now I'm thrilled to have you on here today. Yeah, of course. Yes. How have you been? How are things? Things are good. Yeah, lot, yeah. lots of work, so I can't complain. Yeah, keeping out of trouble. <laughs> uh, I'll plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready right. for yours? I am ready and a little bit scared, but let's go. Oh, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing to be scared of. So my question today is, if you were given the choice between floating alone in space and floating uh, alone at sea which one would you choose and why oh goodness okay well let me say first of all when you said floating alone i thought i'm in i will go anywhere floating alone but then when you said (laughs) space i thought oh god no i'd be really nauseous and then you said sea and i was like oh god no i'd be really nauseous so um I mean, let's just pick space because I'm going to be sick no matter what. I've never been to space, but I have been at sea. So let's pick that one. Okay, absolutely. And why would you pick that one? Uh, Well, like I said, because I'm going to be sick regardless. And um, so I may as well go to space, right? Because Mm -hmm. I've been sick at sea. So let's go experience space and be sick there too. (laughs) Why not? Just take lots and lots of gravel. (laughs) Yeah. 
to have it in your pocket type goodness thing. gracious it doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay, so to for those who don't know you uh why don't we start today by with you telling our audience a little bit about yourself sure so guess that means give you my my whole story and how I'm how I've gotten to the work I'm doing now right yes um yeah so as you said Andrew I used to be a speech language pathologist um and I loved 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 what I did I worked a lot with clients who um had emotional regulation challenges Mm -hmm. so you know basically just meant that they they experienced their emotions uh in a really strong way and uh, who also had communication challenges because that was, you know, of course, my expertise. Well, I guess still is. Um, and the longer I did that work, the more I realized that um, what I really loved was training. I'd gotten into training in that field and some mentorship and capacity building. Um, and, and as I shifted from, you know, primarily frontline speech language pathology to training uh, initially, it was, uh, well, parents and educators, but then it grew to, you know, social workers, psychologists, occupational therapists, other professionals, and then even some things in leadership. I started realizing that there were a lot of parallels between my old field and um, gaps in skill development in adults, because even as adults and myself, you know, I recognize that there's a lot of stuff that gets in the way with communication. And when we don't have an awareness of, um, you know, regulating our emotions, it can both affect our well-being and how we connect with others and, and our relationships in the workplace. And so eventually, after some life-defining events, I decided to take the big jump and unregister with my, my college and let go of my ability to be a speech therapist despite, you know, having done my master's in it. And I shifted to what I'm doing today now, doing speaking and training and consulting in, in leadership communication. And uh, I've been loving the journey ever since. So you've basically always been in like a communication type of... Communication's been with you for a while. <laughs> I live, eat and breathe communication because I love it. I'm like fascinated by it. And my kids will say to me, oh, stop collaborative solutionsing us <laughs> when I'm trying to get them to like work through problems. But yeah, I've always been in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the, the different lens now of, you know, from a workplace communication uh, perspective. It's, um, you know, allowing me to learn new things myself and, and bring bring value on a different level. So. Yeah. It's it's funny that you say that because my wife has said to me, uh, your kids say, stop collaborating uh, on us. My <laughs> wife says to me, stop, you know, HRing me, stop being <laughs> right. HR, stop being so philosophical sometimes because I process the I- information and I, okay, this is what I think here, this is what I, I agree with this here, so this is what, you know, so... It drives people, her and other people crazy because I don't just pick the side automatically. I have to process everything mm. first before before anything, for sure. I'm like that, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get you. <laughs> so, Lindsay, in your opinion, how would you describe trust and respect? Hmm. Well, so I think they're probably, you know, concepts that everyone defines differently right like Mm -hmm. everyone has their own definition of them I would think so Mm -hmm. I think of myself for instance you know I know people who feel highly disrespected if um, you know somebody isn't on time and Mm -hmm. myself personally that's not something that 
um, that bothers me. Actually, in fact, and I'm not intentionally trying to plug my podcast here, <laughs> but I had somebody named Julie Pham on my podcast who talked about the differences in respect, and, and so I, I, I won't steal her, her limelight there. But, um, but for me, I think respect is like mutually built across relationships, right? right. And yeah. so it's both being able to express what one needs to feel respected and mm-hmm. to respect when somebody else's needs are a bit different and to be able to stay in relationship with that person and work through those differences. And I think that's mm-hmm. just highly connected to trust in the sense that the more that you can do that, the more you build trust. Like it's kind of a circle, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like a scent, like a felt sense to it, right? When I think we all know, um, you know, on a non-cerebral level, when we don't feel trust is present, whether or not we're, you know, aware of that in the moment, it's, I think it's a very instinctual um, feeling. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely uh, agree with you. And I actually love uh, what you, everything that you just said there. That's, that's awesome. Um, what would, so with that being said, how would you go about building trust and respect in an organization? Hmm. Yeah. So I think, I I mean, okay, listen, I'm, I'm really not a, like a prescriptive thinker. So I will couch my answer with that, but because my, my answer is almost, I should have been a lawyer. My answer is almost always, it depends. Um, but because I think it truly does depend, right? So I've worked with organizations where, um, you know, when I've been hired, the, um, I don't want to use titles. I don't want to, I don't want to give too many, um, you know, details for Mm -hmm. people to be recognizable, but anyhow, Mm -hmm. whoever was in charge Mm -hmm. was, um, from the stories I was told seemed to frankly be verbally abusive with the, the, the team. And so when you're walking into that kind of a situation as a new leader, how are you going to be? building trust is probably very different when you're than when you're walking into an organization where there was really solid and firm trust mm-hmm. in the leader you're replacing right mm-hmm. because i think um it's important to recognize that when there hasn't been trust it's going to t- or or you know whether it's trust within the organization or it's even just an individual who has a life history of um, not having good experience, like good trusting relationships, it's going to take a lot, lot, lot longer mm-hmm. to build that solid trust. And so I guess one of the big things in that is, um, you know, recognizing where the person you're interacting with, like what they need to, um, to trust you, right? Do they, do they, um, is it accountability for them that like makes you a trusted individual? Is it, feeling heard? Um, is it giving them time and, and mentorship, you know? So I think it's, um, it needs to be individualized to each situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the biggest key is really putting that at the foundation of everything. Right. So rather Mm -hmm. than, um, like, yes, we need to figure out how to build that trust, but Mm -hmm. even more than that, we need to recognize the signs that, um, it's not being built or it's being broken and um, identify that early and focus on that as the foundation to to everything else working well. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. It makes me think, um, you said earlier, communication. So um, 
just bef- uh, in uh, just earlier, you had mentioned that you said that you know somebody coming into a situation. Well, I think communication would probably come in, um, or I would think that communication would come in handy at this stage or that stage to communicate with the individuals to see how you know what you know what's going on, what's happening. Um, you know, try to get some feedback from them and just be kind of like there for them just to kind of see how things are going. Do they need any assistance? So again, I think communication would probably fit in there in my, my mind. No? Hugely. I mean, yeah. I think it's the way we build trust, right? Whether it's communication with our words or, or not, I think we're constantly communicating mm-hmm. through our actions also. And, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, I've seen situations where leaders have come in, you know, sometimes it's, um, I get the sense that, you know, they they feel they need to prove themselves, right? Mm. Like prove that they are capable of the role they've hired for and competent. And so they'll come into an organization with, um, you know, a larger role and come in with, you know, little time, little experience in um, what the organization does and what that department, let's say, um, what the, what the goals have been, what's in the strat plan and, 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 and sort of head off on this whole, like we're going to revamp everything. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily build trust because people feel, you know, like, Oh God, here we go again. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, someone who's not really familiar with how we do things around here is coming in with all these, brilliant ideas of um of where to go and and not to say that there's i mean that's part of what people are hired for of course Mm -hmm. but i think what you said about spending some time getting to like talk to people and understanding like reading the temperature of where things are at Mm -hmm. first and really getting a good read on that i think is key to being able to be effective in the kind of change that you're trying to affect um, as a leader. And, and I'll, and I'll also add that when I say leader, I don't even just mean somebody in a hierarchically assigned leadership position. Like I think that's true of anyone, um, Mm -hmm. trying to lead any sort of initiative, um, or have influence. Absolutely. And you also mentioned before that you were saying, you know, somebody coming in or, uh, for, you know, replacing somebody that was, um, you know, not, uh, pleasant with their, uh, you know, co-workers, I always uh, say to people, um, it's not the words, it's the tone. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, coming in and changing your, you know, somebody coming in with a different tone um, might be hard for people to kind of catch right away. So it might take people time to get used to your way because they're so used to being uh, led in another, in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think there's responsibility on both parts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so when we look at tone, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a responsibility on, on, on the part of the person communicating to be conscious of the impact that their tone or their words are having on others, but they don't, you don't a hundred percent own that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a responsibility to be at least aware of that. And then there's a responsibility on the behalf of the receiver to to verbalize you know if if somebody is saying something um in a tone that i that is hitting me a certain way i think i have a responsibility to say hey you know 
I'm just noticing in in the way you said that, like I'm sensing that you are um, annoyed with me. Am I am I misreading that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where the communication and the trust right builds because it's said in a non-accusational way. Right. We're not saying, hey, um, the tone you said that, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're simply verbalizing what we've observed and then clarifying you know Mm -hmm. and it also opens so it opens the door to either oh actually no that's not how i meant it i'm just tired today or actually yeah i am annoyed and then you can have a conversation around it because it's been it's been brought up you know so i think that that communication piece around it is um that there's the safety felt safety for someone to have a conversation like that and bring you know bring that up Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I totally, totally agree with you. So, so Lindsay, so, um, I kind of took a peek at your uh, website and uh, something on your re- uh, website caught my attention. Um, and it was that you were raised uh, in a military influenced home. And it goes on to say that if you wanted to earn someone's trust and respect, that meant meeting expectations and performing well. So now, now that uh, now that you are in a business leadership training business, on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, how important is trust and respect in the work environment? Uh, well, I think I'd be a fraud if I said anything less than ten, because and 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 I say that, you know, I don't mean that. Um, you have to grant trust to everyone or you have to grant respect to everyone immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I look at, so, you know, I guess going back to my speech therapy days, right? So as a speech therapist, we learn that there are hierarchies of developmental skills, right? In kids. So kids learn to understand language before they start to use it. And so Mm -hmm. you can't, well, you can, but it's not effective to work on getting a child to use sentences if they don't understand sentences because you haven't built the foundation. And lower than that is emotional regulation, right? So if a child is having a hard time, so emotional regulation is basically our ability to adapt our, um, uh, like the, our emotional and, and energy state to the, the, the activity at hand, right? So mm-hmm. when I'm inside, um, at a, at a board meeting, my energy level is going to be different than if I'm, you know, on the Champs-Élysées just after, you know, France has won the World Cup. Both states are appropriate to each setting, but they're not necessarily appropriate in the other. So it's the ability to sort of fluctuate amongst those states as needed. So right. that skill, I will get to a business-related point in one second. Oh, no, go, keep going. <laughs> um, so that skill needs to be massed, or is a foundation to being able to understand and use language. Even below that, as a therapist, was my ability to get that kid to trust me, right? Because mm-hmm. if I could not get that child to really trust me, I couldn't get them to do any of the activities I wanted. And I learned that the hard way right. by really struggling with some clients. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I had to back off on demands to rebuild trust when the child started to, to withdraw or feel overwhelmed or whatnot. And so mm-hmm. the reason I say I rated a 10 is that I just gave you an example from speech therapy, but it's, 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 it's physiological wiring of human be- beings, right? Mm-hmm. And so that hierarchy is no different in 
you know, business adults than it is in kids. It just presents differently. Right. Um, the kids give off really clear signs when you're built, breaking trust. It's much harder mm-hmm. to discern as an adult. But that's why I say it's the foundation to everything because on a nervous system level, when our nervous system is perceiving signs of lack of safety, we can't access all the skills of the frontal lobe, which are reasoning and problem solving and impulse control and organization and planning and all the things we need to do to be effective at work. So mm-hmm. hence why I conclude that, um, in my opinion, it's, it's the most, it's a 10. <laughs> That's, I'm sold. I've sold myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you. It's, uh, I think it's on a 10, a 10 as well. Uh, we spoke earlier about trust and, uh, you know, respect. Um, uh, and I don't even think it's with leadership. I think it's with coworkers too. For uh, sure. You're going to have, you know, if you're not trusting your, um, your coworker with, um, certain things or somebody might feel, oh, well, they, you know, they have trouble doing this and it's not going to get done properly. So, you know, it's going to be extra work for me, but I'm just going right. to do it. So it kind of affects both per- both people because the person that they're doing the work for uh, is kind of, you know, hurt and feels bad because they are not, you know, nobody thought that they could do it and it's extra work for the other person. So, we're now we're getting into extra work, mental health issues, tired, fatigued, uh, frustrated, and then they're taking it on on everybody else. So I definitely yeah. think it goes hand in hand with that as well. Well, and you know what? So like I talk a lot of my work about shared control and shared power and shared decision making, which doesn't mean that, you know, every decision needs to be a, you know, an organization wide vote. But mm-hmm. um, but in, in, in order to like truly collaborate with someone you need to have that trust because like I think of for me in biz- in my business deals, right? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I've, I guess I've learned to apply what I know from my field to my sales process over the years in that um, a lot of the deals or conversations I have with, with prospects, um, they, they, I can sense they are people who, um, that reciprocal trust is quite strong. And so I, I don't have a difficult time once I've submitted a proposal. Um, if the person doesn't quite, if I didn't exactly hit the mark on what they want, I mean, I've let them know in advance, Mm -hmm. um, this is open to discussion. I, I have quite a high percentage of people coming back to say, okay, yes, like this part's great. This is great. You know, this part here, uh, we realized X, Y, Z, can we change that? Because that relationship or that trust piece is strong. And, and so for, for that um, shared power to exist, you, you need to be able to, um, I guess, be somewhat vulnerable to, um, you know, some of the decision-making power is in the other person's hands, right? And so where I see this go wrong in sales, for instance, mm-hmm. is when there's a lot of like influencing manipulative language used to kind of, um, you know, convince the other person or um, there's, you know, a desire to 
quick proposal from everyone and then I won't even send back an email to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks, right? So there's right. there's like a bit of a my needs over your needs on one side or the other. Whereas mm-hmm. when it's not like that, when it's more, mm-hmm. hey, both of our needs matters and that doesn't mean we'll necessarily work together, but mm-hmm. we'll stay in relationship even if it doesn't work out, right? There'll be at least an email or a call to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, you know, in the workplace, it's the same, it's the same principles, right? It's right. just not in a sales context. No, I totally, totally agree with you. So one of the things I feel is important when it comes to building trust and respect is that most people just want to be seen, heard, valued, and understood. So in your opinion, Lindsay, how do we teach leaders how to, how important it is for these mm. people to, re, to be seen, heard, valued, and understood? Yeah. How do we teach them the importance of it? So, you know... Like myself, I really only learned those lessons through experiential mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. where it it was causing problems for me mm-hmm. in my life, right? Whether mm-hmm. on a business level or on a personal level. And right. so I don't know, part of me wonders, can you teach someone to value something they can't they don't value? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, and I will tell you that in my business, I learned through, you know, from when I started my business to now that rather than trying to align myself with people who don't value it and convince them that they should, perhaps I should just align myself with people who actually value it. So I think there's like people in the middle who value it, but are not necessarily um, living that through their actions, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think those people are the best... um, like when I think on an organizational level, right? If you're leading um, within your organization, let's say there's like, um, there's there's um, culture problems, which frankly, post COVID, I mean, a lot of organizations are dealing with, right? And then yeah. I'll get calls that people want training for leadership on the communication skills because they're really wanting to sort of focus on building a better culture and mm-hmm. um, authentic communication and building trust and all that. Mm-hmm. So the people who are, um, I talk about, you know, your internal champions, the people who are already on board and how they can have influence. And then there's those next ones down. And I think, I don't mean down in like a lesser than, but just, you know, the group of people who, whose values are aligned, but aren't, um, necessarily acting consistently in that way. I think the way to catch them, (laughs) build Mm -hmm. trust with them, um, is through relationship and listening, right? Mm-hmm. And asking questions, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Not being as directive um, and figuring out, like, why, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. why, um, why are you not feeling heard mm-hmm. in what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And, and really listening, right? Not listening to explain why they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, listening with the intent to really reflect on what can be done? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll tell you a little story. This goes back probably, I'm going to probably age myself here, but this probably goes about 15 years ago. Um, I was working for a um, a small little, it's almost like a company, and um, I was always staying late after after hours, staying a half hour, whatever, 45 minutes, finishing up something. So... My boss kind of came over to me one day and said, hey, I've noticed that you uh, are staying uh, late. Have you been staying late the last, you know, 
couple of weeks, you know, is there everything, is everything okay or what have you? And I said, oh yeah, I said, I just, you know, like to finish stuff up. Sometimes I, you know, don't want to come in the next day and forget to do something. So if I have it on my mind, I just, you know, I'd rather stay for a few minutes and finish it off um, and, and go from, you know, and then go home and I'll feel better about it. I won't be thinking about it when I get home. So he said something to me that kind of resonated with me and still resonates with me to this day. And he said, you know, um, just because you uh, stay late doesn't necessarily mean that you're uh, showing a positive look on things. So, um, so I said, well, what do you mean? So he says, well, if you're staying late all the time, uh, I don't think that, but he says, maybe somebody that you're working for might look at it in a different manner and say, hey, how come Andrew is always staying late all the time? Can he not finish his work <laughs> on time uh you know why is he always having to stay late to finish his work so he says i don't see it that way but he says just for your future he says i hope you stay here forever but you know if you do go on somewhere just keep that in mind that not everybody's gonna look at staying late after work as a positive more is that you know why are they staying or why do they have to stay late and and look at it that way Mm -hmm. yeah totally it's all perception right Mm -hmm. and and that's the tricky part with communication right as we think Mm -hmm. we see our actions one way Mm -hmm. and someone else sees them completely differently and then Mm -hmm. nobody sort of takes the time to check in with one mm-hmm. or I don't even want to say takes the time. Sometimes it just doesn't even cross your mind, right? That right. you you should check in on that. But right. I mean, the number of times just within my household that, you know, somebody says something and someone's like, hey, and the other person's like, well, that's not what I meant or that's not what I was doing, right? right. And it takes a split second. Yeah. Um, but I think it that what he did was allow you the insight to put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? And how that might be mm-hmm. perceived. Yeah. Uh, and to make an informed decision. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I was, for me, I was, you know, I felt like I was seen, I was heard. He mm. valued me. And when I explained to him why I was stay, staying late, he understood. But he just took the time to explain to me something that could be perceived like you said earlier from somebody else from another manager or supervisor so it was yeah it's still it's it's something that i it feels like it was just yesterday but um it's something that i'll remember probably for as long as i live i think it was very interesting well and it's even just somebody taking the time out of their day right to Mm -hmm. be like hey you know FYI, I noticed something and, and, and I, I think the other piece there is how that is communicated, right? Like mm-hmm. if he were to come and say, Andrew, you're making yourself look ridiculous by staying late. Everyone thinks that you can't get your work done, mm-hmm. right? You're, I'm, my guess is that your experience of feeling heard and seen might not have been no. quite the same, but it's, it's taking the time to do that in a way that maintains relationship, right? And um, gives you some information without necessarily shoving his perspective mm-hmm. down your throat either for sure yeah like i said earlier was it it's the you know it's the not what he's you know was his tone so his tone 
along with what he said was was awesome. So I'll never yeah. I'll, I'll forget I'll remember it forever. Yeah, I've had some great advice over the years too. <laughs> that's that's the great leaders, right? Who will take some time and help share some of the the wisdoms and bumps that they've learned from over the years. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So if I were to use if you were to use one word to describe yourself to our listeners today, Lindsay, what would what would you what would it be? Oh, I'm not a person of one word. I'm, 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 maybe the word would be wordy, but um, <laughs> so probably the word that like truly describes me best would be goofy. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if on a business front that is how people would necessarily perceive me. Mm-hmm. But um, gosh, talk to my kids. They always say to me, why are you so weird? And I just break out into dance and say, because I was born that way. Um, but yeah, I like, I just like to, I don't know, keep it real and mm-hmm. have fun and like not take myself or life too seriously. So nope. goofy. Goof, there you go. Goofy would be it. Yeah. No, I definitely see you as a person uh, talking to you as often <laughs> as goofy, I have eh? to be a fun, to be a fun person as well. Um, mm. I have a, um, uh, a word that I would use uh, myself uh, to describe you. All right. And my, it. and my word, <laughs> uh, my word is intuitive. Oh, well, you know, what's really interesting about that? I'm like incredibly flattered by that description because I, so I, I guess I've probably always been intuitive, mm-hmm. but I tuned it out for like mm-hmm. huge part of my life. I was, I mean, I guess it goes back to what you were talking earlier about military raised family. Um, I was very much uh, like mind over matter, um, you know, just grind it out. And I experienced like a significant injury when I was, uh, like 20, I don't know, 20 something early twenties. I was on disability for two years, I think in part because I wasn't listening to myself. And so I, through some life events realized, oh, there's some wisdom in that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like that's Mm -hmm. there for a reason Mm -hmm. and balance it with your, um, like the cerebral part and Mm -hmm. it has served me well. So I, I appreciate you sharing that because, um, it's something I've had to work to really refine and to trust, to let go of, um, you know, if, if someone has a different path, but it Mm -hmm. feels right for me to just let go of it and trust, trust my gut and Mm -hmm. yeah. So thank you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Yeah, no, I, I chose, I chose intuitive because I, I find you're, a, you're a very deep thinker. <laughs> um, I find that you're, ve- you're very empathetic, and I always, f- you're, I find you're always self, uh, very self-aware. So you're always self-aware of the, of what's going on, what's happening. So that's why I, I, I took some time, and that's the, that's the hmm. word I came up for, with for you. I like it. And you know what? I think I think actually like that's what I love the most in my work. Like I really like complex projects, complex situations. I don't know why I'm always drawn to them, mm-hmm. but I think it's because it really lets me lean into that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know, I have the, the sort of theoretical knowledge around communication, but it lets me sort of lean into that intuitive side to sort yeah. of um, weave through the complexity to figure out what is the 
you know, which way to go. And actually, funny enough, I, as I said to you, when we got on, I'm just working on a proposal now. And it's a client who wants they, you know, we chatted for a bunch and they want a whole bunch of options. And I normally don't give, you know, as many options as I'm giving now because I know in sales, I know it's hard if you, the more options you give, the harder it is to decide. And I was kind of thinking on, you know, my knowledge of that, that don't give too many options. But the client clearly said to me, I want, I want a whole bunch of variety. Like I really need to sit down with my leadership team and, and talk this through. And I thought, you know, just give her what she asked for, right? Like right. who cares about, um, I don't normally do that, but it's yeah. true. So I'm leaning into my intuition of just, this is what she wanted. Give yep. her what she asked for. Yep. Yep. Let go of the um, sort of the, the models or paths that you know, yep. and just trust that yep. if it doesn't hit the mark, she'll come back to you and you'll chat it out and yep. you'll, you know, you'll figure out what she does want. So yeah, it's been valuable to learn to just lean into that. Yeah, you were you were uh, you were observant and you understood what she was looking for. It would be like um, uh, showing somebody um, a uh, the gym they want to become a member, and you ask them what they want to do, and they say, "Oh, I'm looking for cardio." Well, you're not going to take them over to the weightlifting yeah. area where all the big bodybuilders are are working out. You're not going to go there. You're going to take them to the cardio area and showed them that there's 55 cardio machines treadmills bicycles so you want to show them that there's enough there that when they come they're not gonna have to wait for anything so yeah Yeah. you're you were intuitive there that just makes me think of that yeah absolutely and you know what that's how I like to buy too so then I remind myself it's it's meeting each individual's different needs right and I think that's why you know when earlier I said well the answer depends it's because it like I can't ethically say to you unless I know like really the details of a situation I can't ethically say to you well Andrew if you do these two things it's going to totally resolve it because I know darn well like communication and organizational development is way more complex than that and Mm -hmm. so I do think there's a piece of leaning into that intuition in terms of what the client says to sort of customize um, what you're doing or the solution to actually meet their their needs. So I guess that's why I still really love what I do having switched fields because it lets me practice those skills similarly. Oh, for sure. For sure. Any, yeah, uh, any, that's a, interesting. Yeah, for sure. Any final thoughts today? You know what? I always have final thoughts, but I have none. <laughs> this is like, this is a, okay, folks listening, jot this down. This is a unique occurrence. I have no additional thoughts. You're correct, Andrew. I am a deep thinker, but um, no, it's been great chatting with you and I appreciate you reaching out and having me on. Well, it was, it was great to have you. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while and um, I had you on my mind to, to, to come on and just with schedules, whatever, it didn't pan out, but um, it was my, my goal to get you on here and I was thrilled to death like I said earlier that you had said yes so yep no absolutely and thank thank you for for keeping on it I appreciate it no problem um if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you Lindsay how might they do so Sure. Well, so I'm being a little negligent with social media these days, but I do have the goal to get back on it. But LinkedIn is the best place to find me, Lindsay Lapaquette. That's Mm -hmm. uh, where I am most active. 
And uh, I actually also have, if people are interested, I have a a little video course on my website. Um, it's on, you know, dealing with conflict and confrontation in the workplace and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful. It's really short videos because I know no one has time. And then mm-hmm. that can be found at uh, lindsaylapaquette.com forward slash conflict. And then all my contact info is on my website there too if, uh, if people want to reach me directly. Wonderful. Well... On behalf of myself and my guest, Lindsay LaPaquette, I would like to thank you all for listening today. And until next time, be safe and remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything.